Welcome to Global Outreach Community Church, where we proclaim and demonstrate the love of God through Christ. Now, from the Overlook, located in Atascacita, Texas, here is today's message. talk to you about Jesus today. And God saved me about 20 years ago. It's the most exciting thing that ever happened to me in my life. I never get tired of talking about the Lord. He really is the heartbeat of my entire life. I wake up every day and I really, whether I'm at work or at home, it brings tears to my eyes to think about what Jesus did for me because I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Even that introduction, I'm the last person that should be being introduced today. I was running around in a car in high school racing up and down in a Mustang GT. That was me. I could have been on that tree myself many times. And yet, you know what I said? I put a little something together that hit a note on Facebook and people started sharing, sharing, sharing because it involved Jesus. And here's what I'll tell you. The biggest thing that makes a difference in your life is when you hit the tree of Jesus Christ. He was hung on a cross for us that we might live and have freedom in our life. And so that's the tree that I ran into. That's the one that's changing lives globally today and every day. That's the one that will bring healing to these families. That's what all of this is about. Every time something happens in our life, Scripture says God is the God of all comfort. He comforts us in our affliction that we might be a comfort to those who are going through difficult seasons. So God wants to repurpose the trials and tribulations and the crashes of our life to lift up others. I bet there's not a person in here that hasn't been through some sort of crash in their own life. And I would just encourage you to ask yourself, number one, what is that time in my life? What is that crash? Number two, how does God want to repurpose that in my life so that I might be a minister of the gospel or a a lady that goes out and ministers the gospel to those around me? Because God's going to give you opportunities to do that. And he wants to use you powerfully right where you are. And so be encouraged today that the reason why we're here is not because of me or anybody else, it's because Jesus is a going God. When you think about the whole work of Scripture, when Eric asked me to talk about outreach, the whole work of Scripture from Genesis all the way through Revelation is about a God that left heaven to come to earth to save us. It's about a people that decided we wanted to run a different direction that whole time. And yet God in his great love for us left the joys and the riches of heaven and pursued us through the person and work of Jesus Christ. That we might love him. That we might experience joy through him. That he might, we might realize the gifting even of music as we sang came from him. That we might bring our praise back to him. When you think about the rocks will cry out if we don't. We are here because we have an opportunity to praise the one that created us. So today as we open his word together, we praise him for what he's doing in our life and what he will continue to do. And let me tell you something, no surprises with the Lord. God has not been surprised. Every time something tragic happens, God has not been surprised. God has a purpose and a plan in all of this, and you need to know that today. So be encouraged that that plan might involve you. And if you're here today, the plan does involve you. So let's talk about this. Global Outreach Community Church. I thought about that this week as you asked me to talk about outreach. Global Outreach. G-O. Go Church. Go Community Church. 
We could have shortened it. That's what it's about. Eric stole my introduction because he gave the information on the trip to El Salvador all those years ago. But really, that's what I wanted to share and talk with you about. I have a pastor friend who passed away who was a quadriplegic. And he taught Genesis through Revelation. His name was Pastor Dick Woodward. And he had four things that he always said. There were four spiritual secrets. I can't, but he can. I don't want to, but he wants to. I didn't, but he did. And finally, I'm not, but he is. Isn't that the case, that we don't believe that we can be used so often? Or we think that we're just made for where we're at? And yet God has fashioned each of us with gifts to go beyond where we are. So each of you has been gifted in a certain area in your life, and your gifting is different than my gifting, but the reality is God wants to purpose that gifting in your life for the glory of God. So there's a few things that that does. One, it glorifies Him. He created us in His image that we might bring glory to Him for all of eternity. Number two, we lift up the name of Jesus Christ who brought that wrecked relationship back together. He healed us through Jesus. And finally, he empowers us through the Holy Spirit that we might go out and use that gifting in the world and it might be greater than anything that we ever had. I don't tell this, well, I have told this story a few times, my kids have heard it, but when I was in college, I took a few classes, on, in one of my first speech classes, I was terrified. Terrified. I mean, so terrified I was in the bathroom before class, not wanting to get up in front of all these people and share. Have y'all ever had the fear of being in front of people? Have y'all ever had the fear of stepping out in a group? I mean, it would bring me to my knees, literally. And it was so bad, it would bring me all the way to the bathroom. So it was a problem, literally. I think about how on earth, I'm the last person that should be standing here talking today. I'm the last person that God should purpose to be able to preach the gospel. I'm the one that was afraid to get up and talk to people. And I had, never, I had never thought about it. I'd been in front of people in sports and other things. But there's something different when all of a sudden everybody's going to judge every word that comes out of your mouth. You're going to stand up in front of these people. What am I going to look like? What am I going to do? I've got to perform today. That's a difficult thing. But when you realize that, no, it's Jesus and his power that enables you to perform, he takes that weakness that you have, he purposes it for good, and he encourages and lifts those around you because they say that's the guy that it shouldn't have been how did he do it so when people come up to me they say oh this is a gift you have how'd you you know you always been like no no God did it and God wants to use you today so I've sort of renamed the church go community church global outreach community church but let's talk about what outreach is when you think about reaching out reaching beyond reaching outside that was Eric's dream. When God put that on his heart, when he prays over that globe in the morning, daily, he's wanting to reach beyond the four walls of the overlook. He sees this church being much bigger than it is. He sees the reach being huge, so he wants to reach out, global outreach. So today we want to talk about outreach and the challenge that that presents to us as a people. I'm going to tell you right now, I just came back from Africa, and I heard a story one time about some people that moved into Atascacita from overseas, and if you've ever been to Africa and you've seen a 10 by 10 hut stacked on each other, you know that there's not a lot you can do inside your home, right? People go to bed inside their house. That's about it. We build houses, 
that we can relax in. We put walls up on the outside. We build fences. In Africa, they walk through the streets here and they say, what's wrong with this place? And I said, what do you mean what's wrong with this place? Well, there's nobody outside. Where, is all, where are all the people? There's all these beautiful houses, but I don't see any people. They thought the place was abandoned. I'm not kidding. That's what they think. Because when we come home, we, open, we close our doors. We put up walls. Churches put up walls. Churches build their own. You know this is true. doesn't matter how big or glorious or how the singing or anything. When you start to build walls as a church, everything begins to close in on you. and you, you miss the opportunity to be used of God in the world. Why did he create the church? Why did he bring the church? His kingdom come. The whole story of the Bible is about a going God that's coming to us. It was his outreach to us that will empower us to go reach out to our neighbor. He said, there's two things you got to have for that. One, you got to love me with all your heart, mind, and soul. If you don't love me, you're not going to love others. You're not even going to love yourself the way you ought to if you don't know me. But once you know me, now I'm going to empower you supernaturally through the Holy Spirit. Now you're going to begin to walk in newness of life. And God then equips you to go out and do the things you need to do as Global Outreach Church. So go church. Let's talk about this. God is always boldly on the move, but we are a hesitant people. God is boldly on the move always, but we are a hesitant people. Your own pastor just gave you testimony. He didn't want to go. So you can be open with him when he tells you to come on the trip, and you can say, I don't want to go, and he can say, neither did I. And maybe somebody will pay for you too. But we're a hesitant people. Think about the book of Jonah. Y'all have read the book of Jonah. You know what happened. A man is called to go to a people that needs, they need God. They're a sinful people. God calls them, says, let's go to Nineveh. What does Jonah do? Say, Lord, tell me where to go and give me the message. I'm on the train. I'm ready to go. Put me on the boat. That's not what he did, is it? Jonah said, where can I buy a one-way ticket the opposite direction? Have y'all ever bought a ticket have y'all ever paid a fare to go away from where God's calling you? Think about that. We as a people, our natural fleshly bent is to pay a fare to go the opposite direction of God's fulfillment in our life. And we're willing to pay for it. If nothing else, that ought to tell us that when the Lord's, when the Word of God says that we're, we're all yet sinners that we are, that our flesh does pull us in the wrong direction, that my natural bent is not to want to love others as I love myself or I love the Lord. I don't want to love my enemy, but God can empower us to do that. And so Jonah finds himself on the boat, didn't he? And he's out there and all these people, there's a huge storm, God says we're going to fix this, God has a way of moving us back where he wants us to be. Sometimes that's not a fun journey, other times maybe so. My experience is it hasn't always been fun. He takes you through the valley in order to bring you to life. So Jonah found himself asleep in the bottom of the boat trying to sleep it off. And here comes God. Bang, 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 bang. What are you doing down there? Who are you? What's going on up here? Start throwing stuff overboard because we're going down. This ship is crashing. So they start throwing their stuff overboard. What's the purpose of throwing your stuff overboard in the of a storm, people. In our lives, think about it. How much stuff do we accumulate? 
Why do we take so much stuff on the journey? God says we can't take it with us. God says none of it's going with us. I've never seen a Brinks truck behind a funeral. Never seen it. But here goes the cargo. Starts to go over. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Here it goes. Throwing cargo over. Storm is still raging. Something else is wrong. Who are you? They look at you and they ask you. What if somebody looked at you and said, Who are you? What God do you serve? He said, I'm a Hebrew and I serve the Hebrew God. He said, then it's you. Because even they knew he was the true God. It's time for you to go overboard. Because we don't want any of this. So they chunked him overboard, right? And what happened? Storm ceased. But here comes the fish. Because now you find yourself all alone. Here's what I want to tell you. You find yourself all alone in your life. In this journey of outreach that God's called you to. You won't be the first one. But guess what? God is gracious. And he controls the fish of the sea. My son and I got the opportunity to go to South Africa. We got in a cage with those great whites right out there beside us. And all I was concerned about was keeping my hand, my arms inside the cage and my feet. And oh, here it comes. And you could see this shadow coming up from below. Can you imagine? God will bring you out of that situation. But it might not be a lot of fun. And so when that fish swallowed him, of course, you can read the story for yourself, but you know what he said, man, three days I'm in the belly of the whale, wrapped up in seaweed and everything else, and finally the repentance came. And God repent, he repented to the Lord, and God spit him out on dry land. So when he ran to the ocean, God spit him out on dry land. Think about that. We run out to a place where we don't even belong. We can't swim with those sharks. If I got out of that boat, my, my whole thought was, I don't want this boat has got to be a good boat. Because if this boat goes down, there's Seal Island right there, and I'm watching what's happening to these seals. And I'm wearing a black suit. So it ain't going to work. I mean, I can't compete in that scenario, right? Put us on land, guess what happens? God made us for that. All of a sudden, now we begin to walk. Now here comes the direction, right? So you see the direction. Time to go to Nineveh. So he goes to Nineveh, and guess what? He preaches a message of repentance. And when people repented, 120,000 people came to faith Amen. with a person that set out to pay a fare to go the opposite direction of where God wanted him to go. Where's God calling you in your life? What outreach is he calling you towards? Because you go to a church that's called Go Community Church. Where is he calling you? Second, I've talked about this a little bit, but the gospel tears walls down while we build them up. When I was in South Africa, there's a lot of racial tension in South Africa. We can associate with that here. I find it, I find it awesome the way that this church has been purposed to bring racial harmony and unity and to show people what heaven might look like. Because reality is we tend to go our own way with our own people, don't we? We go with who we look like, who we sound like, sing like, and there's nothing wrong with that inherently. But the reality is in heaven, we're all going to be in it together. Amen. Black, brown, white, you name it, go down the list. But in South Africa, they had a white government that's flipped to a black government. But they also have brown people in the middle because they're mixed race. And so you've got people that really struggle because they had it bad under these people. And now they got it bad under these two. But you know what? I talked to pastors. I had a pastor, brown pastor, over there. That's how you call, you call them exactly what it is. It's not an offensive deal. Says... I talked to a white pastor, a black pastor, and two brown pastors. I all had dinner with them. 
the one common theme in all of it was that the gospel was bringing unity amongst the people in the poor areas. That God was drawing together through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The racial tension was being healed through the gospel. Now I know you've heard your pastor put some of that out on Facebook and we joke with each other. We don't, we don't try to put out any political stuff. But the reality is we know as a people of God that the gospel is what brings healing to us personally, within our lives, within our communities, within our government, within our nation. That's how God designed it. Because he's the only one that can bring peace, you see. Every time we try and do it, we mess it up. It's happened in our families, right? you got more than one child, you know that this one's going to be unhappy because you get this one, this one, or that one, that one. Because I didn't do this and I... Well, it's hard to be fair, isn't it? But we're trying as parents. We don't mean to do that. But God's the only one that can truly break partiality. And that's why he says there's no partiality in him. Scripture says it. So if we want to break down racial walls and we want to be a going church, then we better be about the gospel. Because it'll bring walls down while we build them up. Third thing I said here is if you're going to be a, a person of outreach, then you better pack light. Because God's going to send you places. And here's what I'm going to tell you. If you've ever, how many of y'all have been on a trip now, husbands and wives, who packs what? Now, some of the men may be dressers. I don't know. Maybe the wife's dragging a heavy suitcase, but maybe it's the other way. Most of the time, it's the lady who wants to bring the big suitcase. Amen. You want to carry on. You want to be able to travel with your carry-on. You want to be able to run. You don't have to wait in line. But here comes the big ones. Oh, boy, right? <laughs> what is it? We're going for three days. <laughs> well, I got to have, I got to have, you know what I'm saying? Hey, if you're going to be a going church, you better pack light because the journey is tough. When you look in uh, Matthew chapter 10, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He summoned the 12, gave authority over them over unclean spirit to cast them out, heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now the name of the 12 apostles, I won't read them. These 12 Jesus sent out, said, don't go the way of the Gentiles. Don't enter in the city of Samaritans because he's guiding them. But go therefore to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, here were the instructions. Preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Our whole job as believers, don't you understand, is to bring about the kingdom of God in this world. That when Jesus left heaven, he was bringing about the kingdom of God. He's reconciling the world to himself through us. That is what outreach is about. Same with the disciples when he sent them out. Preach the kingdom. That's the number one duty we have as believers in outreach. We must preach Christ because he's the only one that brings healing in our life and in their life. Raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you gave, freely, freely you receive, freely give. Oh my goodness, that's a hard one. Everything I got was free and now he wants me to purpose everything I have. Yes, for him. Why? Because I didn't deserve it. It's all his. So we ought to be a giving people as we go. Should we not? We're a preaching people. We're a giving people. We take up an offering. It's not just so we can pay the bills, although that's great. But I've always, it's always a dream of every pastor to be able to purpose funds for outreach because it's reaching the community that it's about. So pack light. Jesus sent them out two by two. I love this part. He sent them out. He gave them a blessing of peace. You wanna, if you want to be involved in outreach, you want to take somebody along with you, you'll be taking peace with you as you go. 
You know, I almost put a picture up, and I thought it would be kind of funny. I wish I would have. Y'all all saw the Rocky movies. I know maybe, hopefully, young people, maybe not. But the Rocky movies are real, real powerful. You remember, you remember uh, Sylvester Stallone and uh, Carl Weathers? I always thought, truth be known, Carl could have taken it. He was, he was, he was, he was, a, a, he was serious. He was a middle linebacker for the Raiders. But I saw those two guys, and I thought, you never saw a Rocky movie where Rocky didn't have somebody with him. Come here, Eric. Did you ever see a Rocky movie where it was just sit sly? Or it was the two men running together like this? Remember the, down the beach? Now the different, no, it would probably be the same. You'd be ahead. I'd be here. But I'd be climbing. I'd be, I'd be catching him, right? God never sends us out alone. Thank you, Pastor. God always sends somebody with us. Sometimes they're different than us. Carl Weathers pushed him to the limit. Hence, Rocky won the battle, right? But without his training partner, he wasn't going to be able to do it. There are no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. If you're going to be a going person, you've got to go with people. When I invited Eric and others to go on these trips, I do it because I know you can't do it on your own. Somebody invited you. Somebody invited me. I sat in a pew one day, and a pastor preached a message that said, God's going to give you opportunities in your life, and you've got to seize the moment. I got up out of my chair that day. I could not sit there any longer. I said, man, this ship has sailed. My grandfather had told me I needed Jesus. I hadn't been walking publicly for Christ for many, 10 years. But I couldn't sit in that chair any longer. I had to go where the church was going. I saw that God was doing a work through this body. And that's where you are. You've got your body here at Global Outreach Community Church. And God is doing a work. But his job, our job as, as ministers of the gospel, is to call people along that. I love how he came up and started singing and clapping. I couldn't sit still after that. Why? Because he said, well, come on, Ty, we're going higher. Even if my nature was to be a little less maybe outgoing in that situation. But he took me higher because he was willing to go there first. So I would ask you this. Do you have people in your life that are taking you higher do you have people in your life that can take you on that journey to go? Because if you don't, you will stay stagnant. Every team has a leader. Our leader is Jesus Christ. He leads out ahead of his church. He's the head of the church. And then we follow him. He said one thing to those disciples, follow me. And when we follow him, great things happen. We don't have to come up with all the answers. But we're going people and we're going people with others so take somebody along with you as you go that's the joy of walking with the lord we get to take people with us amen, amen. god calls us out of the boat and great things happen he says come and follow me and get out of the boat y'all all know the story of peter in the boat jesus walks on water he looks at him he calls him out of the boat i want you to think about this can you imagine can you imagine if he didn't go can you imagine if he stayed in the boat? We were on this trip to Africa, and my son jumped, bungee jumped between Zambia on a bridge, off a bridge, a perfectly good bridge, between Zambia and Zimbabwe. And, it, and they said, you've got to jump out, and you've got to do this, three meters, because otherwise you kind of bounce wrong. Or, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm filming this thing, but I had made up my mind, I ain't jumping off this bridge. <laughs> there was a limit, Right? Spiritually, I don't have many limits. Physically, I'm, I'm, I, I just stay, I stay, my fears, they get over me, right? 
And so we all have fears about going. But God's calling us out of the boat. Don't you think Peter was scared when he got out of that boat? Don't you think whenever he started looking at all that stuff? We do it. Be honest with yourself. Some of y'all are scared right now because whatever, relationships, marriage, trying to raise kids, college, go down the list, getting older, whatever that looks like for all of us, right? We have fear, but God is calling us at this season of our life to go. That's why you're a part of Global Outreach Community Church. So I encourage you to come out of the boat. God opens our eyes when we go, and this changes our perspective. If you read the scriptures, all of, all of the scripture is, is put together to point us towards Christ. And we are then, the whole, the whole joy of walking with Christ is our eyes are open to see the way Jesus sees. Do you remember in your life when you didn't see the way Jesus saw? Do you remember in your life when you saw things from an earthly perspective? And then when something changed in your heart and all of a sudden you started to see things differently. I'm looking at Patrick Mayer, a friend of mine. I can remember how he went about things prior and I remember post and it was just different. And I remember a guy coming up to me one day and saying, Todd, there's a whole new world out here. I didn't even know it existed. I said, yeah, once I was blind and now I see. That's what that means. You were blind in your trespasses, but God, and he saves you and gives you eyes to see. And when we see the way Jesus sees, we look at people differently. We see our circumstances differently. We begin to want to go after the world because we have the same heart for people that he does. I didn't always have that heart. Before, we want to use people for our sake, whether it's in business or personal or relationship. Then all of a sudden, he flips it on us, and he turns us out. There was a song about turning you out, right? Turn you out. That's what he's doing. He's turning you out so you can now be focused on what he's focused on. But what a joy that we get to be a part of that. God breaks down the barriers and the walls, doesn't he? Let's read that great commission. This is Jesus' words. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. God is not sending you on this journey by yourself. God is empowering you through his spirit. But we have one charge as a church. And that church, that it's not feed all the children. It's not do this. He could have said anything in the Great Commission. And what was the one thing that he said? Go and make disciples. There's four types of people generally in the church. There's those that come to church that are lost. There's those that are saved, but you really can't tell the difference between them and the lost. Then there's those who are saved, but their world still really revolves around themselves. But they really aren't, they're, they think they're serving God, but they're really serving for themselves. Then you have a mature believer that flips it, puts God in the center of his life, and that makes his target Jesus. And all of a sudden, now you begin to walk in power. This is our prayer as pastors, as teachers of the word, is that everybody would get to that last step. Because we walk around every day and we see all four of those. And our joy is to see people maturing in faith 
Because once you've matured, people say, something's different about that person. What happened? Well, well, have you talked to so-and-so lately, or did you see what this person... It's nothing. It's supernatural, people. When God matures a person to follow the Lord, He purposes His Word in His heart, and He empowers that person in ministry. He empowers them beyond what their capabilities are. Do you think that it's easy to hold a full-time job and pastor a church? I'm going to tell you right now, I've taught Sunday school, I did for 15 years. And it's a lot of work every week to prepare a message for people. Talk about working full-time, now preparing to plant a church. He's got a lot on his plate. He needs your prayers. He needs your support. He needs you to mature in Christ more than anything. Because if you're maturing in Christ, people are going to start to take burdens off of him. He no longer has to bear the weight as a pastor of all that's going on in the church. Why? Because you're running with stuff. I've been so fortunate to watch this take place in my company. Years ago, it was all just top down. And now I've got a team of three people, and they do it better than I did. That's a prayer of every pastor, that they would begin to take over and run with it. And I pray that that would be your heart, too, that you would mature in faith. They did a study on it, guys. Do you know what the one central theme was for a mature believer? This was a massive study done by some really bright people. They studied all Christians. They said, why don't people mature in the faith? What are these four things? Why do we have people that are still in church and they're not maturing? Why? The one common denominator for a mature believer, do you know what it was? This right here. They studied and applied the Word of God. That was it. They studied, but more importantly, they applied the Word of God. This is the difference. And if you don't read your Bible, if you're not praying and reading your Bible, and most importantly, applying it to your life, asking yourself, okay, Lord, what did it mean to them? What does it mean to me? Now, what do you want me to do with it? Then you're not going to mature in the faith. Here's what I want to tell you. Everybody goes through the cycle, okay? So I'm not here to beat you up. I am here to lift you up because the pastor wants you lifted up. I want you to know that, and I've been there, there's cycles where, yes, this is the hardest book to pick up in your whole life. You're going to have every opportunity to watch the TV today for hours. You, you can pick up the newspaper, whatever, if they still do that, or look at your phone or app or whatever you look at. This book is hard. Why? Because it's powerful. It's hard truth, man. It's heavy. There's a lot of good stuff in here. But if you will study this book and apply it to your life, you will experience life change like you've never experienced. I can't do that for you. My kids grew up in a home where they've seen me transform from one to the other, but they've mostly known this me. I can't do it for them now. Sucks being a parent, to be honest with you sometimes. Amen? Amen. Because you pray, you want that for them. You can't make them do it. God now has to take that on in their lives. And I have to trust that, that they know the truth and that God will mature them. He promises us, by the way, and I'll tell you this, if you know Christ, he's promised that he will make you into the image of his son. The Father said that, I'll make you into the image of my son. He promises us that. So my goal for you is to preach the gospel, for you to receive the gospel, and then trust God to mature you. But you say, how do I mature, Pastor Todd? How do I mature, Reverend Todd, whatever you want to call me? This is how you mature. Yes, showing up at church is great. Yes, you're going to get the word of God every, every week from this man. But you know, 
it takes hours to prepare a message like this. So we get to grow and foster and enjoy in the midst of that. Y'all get 30 minutes. How am I supposed to preach on outreach for the entire Bible in 30 minutes? I'm doing my best. Because the whole book's about going. Moses had to go. Abraham had to go. All the prophets had to go. They decided they wanted kings for themselves and judges for themselves. At the end of the book of Judges, it says everything was screwed up because they did what was right in their own eyes. But God. I want people to mature in the faith. Going will help mature you in the faith. I have taken people on trips, many trips, many trips that didn't want to go. Some that weren't even saved. Now, I want to run with people who are saved because that's where the fruit's at. You need people in your life who are saved because that's where the fruit's at. But I like to take people because some people get saved as they're going. Some people step out of the boat and don't realize for the first time in their life they've been in that boat and they may not be saved themselves. I preached a message down in South America one time. The girl that was, that, was, that was interpreting for me, she was preaching for me. I saw I was preaching, she was preaching. Gave the gospel message. Some young people came down. We were praying with them. They were receiving Christ. She looked at me and said, me too. Me too. So God used the truth of the words that I spoke through this book to come out of her mouth and it's seated in her heart. Only God can do that. Amen. And so this book is powerful. If you're going to go, you've got you to have this book. You, they don't want to hear stories. Stories are great. I love stories. I love stories as a pastor. But the reality is, it's the words of this book that are transformational. When you read, all authority has been given to him, that I'm with you always until the end of the age. You're never alone. Never. You ever feel alone, Kiki? There was a time. And I know the difference. Now when I see her, Always happy, always smiling. Huh? I've walked through some things, I know. Everybody's been through stuff. But when you've come to Christ and you've been shown that peace and that love and that grace, you're forever changed. We need to mature in faith, and maturing means we're a going people. Have you gone? That's going to be my question to you. Here's what I want to tell you. I could preach all day on this stuff. How much time do I have, Pastor? Five minutes? Okay. All right, here's what I want to tell you. This is real important, okay? Don't miss this. Outreach is done in Holy Spirit power. I've talked a little bit about this, but I want to hit on it a little more, okay? Just stay with me. Outreach is done in Holy Spirit power. Y'all have heard the song, I've got the power, right? You only have the power in Christ if you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because here's the way the Trinity works. And this is a difficult concept, but it's helped me, right? So Jesus came to this earth. He's always about the Father's business. He's always glorifying the Father. The Holy Spirit, he says, I'm going to give you a helper. You need somebody to go with you, to run with you. I'm going to give you a helper in the Holy Spirit. Now we're running with the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit's job always, his job is to glorify Christ Jesus and him crucified. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that brings a person to faith. So when you wake up and say, man, I never saw it that way. I never really received Jesus in my life. It's not because you had some special revelation of yourself. It's because God opened your heart, mind, eyes, and ears to the truth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for your sins, that you're a sinner, and that free life in Christ is only found there. So the Holy Spirit must open your heart and your mind 
You're blind apart from that. So you can't go in the power of the gospel apart from the Holy Spirit. And this is what Jesus says about it. You can read it for yourself in John chapter 16. But here's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit purifies us for the journey. See, God wants to use clean vessels. Now, he calls us clay pots. Any of y'all got any clay pots at home? Y'all still drink out of clay pots? Anybody here? I don't either. Why? It's kind of dirty, right? Well, God calls us clay pots. We're cracked vessels. But God, in his mercy, brings healing to that thing. And he brings healing. Now he can pour water in and allow water to flow out from us. You see? And so he wants to purify us that we might be a people that are used for his kingdom in purity. So he convicts us of sin and righteousness. That's how he purifies us. That's how the Holy Spirit does it. Secondly, he guides us into all truth. You'll never understand this book. You'll beat your head against the wall if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life. If you read this book and say, I get nothing out of it, it's because you you're not saved. You don't have the Holy Spirit. But you ask him, God, fill me, show me, teach me. He will. Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus always. He glorifies God on the journey. If we're going to go on a journey, we want to glorify God, we've got to go with the Holy Spirit. We can't glorify God in our flesh, right? How many of y'all ever glorify God in your flesh? Oh my gosh, everything but, right? I need to shower just thinking about it. It's bad. Holy Spirit empowers us. Acts 1.8 empowers us for the journey. I've always found it interesting that Jesus died, was buried, was resurrected. Can you imagine being in that spot? You are a disciple of Christ. You have just lost your Savior. Jesus comes to you in power. He sees you. He speaks to you. He spends time with you 40 days explaining to you the things of God. And then he tells you, I want you to go ahead of me and I want you to wait. What? Wait. We've been waiting all this time. You got buried. Last time this didn't work out too well. We ran the opposite direction. And now you want us to go ahead and wait again? And he says, yes, I want you to go ahead and wait. Why? Because I want to clothe you with power from on high. So when we obey God, when we go ahead and we wait on him, and we pray, we spend our time asking him to fill us, God does that. He will fill us. And God filled them in the early books of Acts, and you can see the power that those disciples walked with. And all of a sudden, Peter and John looked at a crippled man and said, well, I don't have anything for you, but Jesus does. Get up and walk. And they got up and walked in the power of Christ because the Holy Spirit empowered them to now walk in power. So do you want to be a going person? you want to be a going disciple? you got to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. That is Acts 1.8. When he tells us to go locally to region, to our state, to our country, all the way to El Salvador or Africa, he tells us all of that. But he doesn't say, hey, you're real gifted, I want you to go do something for me over there. No, he says, you're not, but I am. And I want to use the gifts I've put in you, that I've equipped you with, to minister the gospel to people that desperately need it. And so God is so gracious to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit to be our helper to walk with us in life. And he'll walk with us whether we're going in ministry, whether we're going in relationship, whether we're going in marriage, whether we're going with a friendship, whether we're going in, uh, to minister to a friend in need, whatever our going looks like. Maybe it's our job. If we want to go with power, we go in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where our power is found. 
How many of y'all have ever maxed out in the weight room without a spotter? Y'all ever seen some YouTube videos? Pop! This one goes sideways, right? No. You get somebody underneath you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He girds you. He comes alongside you and he runs with you. He gives you power beyond what you have. And you actually feel like you can do more. When I played with people like him, I felt like I could do more. Raw talent, he had it. I had to do more, right? So you want people around you that lift you up. You've got a whole church here, a going church, that wants to do that on a consistent basis. Do you realize how blessed you are to have that? Do you realize how blessed you are? I see the passion in, in Eric every week. I see the passion. You don't just go start a plant a church. Trust me, I thought about it a lot. You don't just do it without a lot of thought and a lot of prayer and a big calling. But God will be faithful, and he's put some awesome people in his life. I love I look around and see Lorenzo in the back, others that I, maybe I knew from a long time ago. But, but God is working here, and God is calling you out. And God has called you out. If you're here, he has called you. If you're in his church, he has called you out. And you have an opportunity to make an impact for the glory of God and the glory of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's three things whenever I preach, and uh, John Piper always talks about. One is, did we glorify God today? Two, did we point people to Jesus Christ because he's the only solution to our sin? Right? And then three, are we able to walk in power when we get out of this place? I hope you feel today that God has empowered you. Because you're a going church, you've got a going pastor, and you've got an opportunity of a lifetime. Isn't it amazing that God would choose us? He chose a ragtag group of people. He did. He did that with the disciples. I traveled to Africa, Bolivia. They all know Jesus. How did that little group spread the gospel like that? They didn't. God did. But we get to be on that same journey. How awesome is that? You get to be on that journey in your school, Aaron, Lexi, Ava, Lane. Don't waste your life. I, I love this message because there's so much joy in it. You have an opportunity when you go to work to share, to love people. You have an opportunity when you go in your neighborhood to love your neighbor well. Don't waste your life. I love, there's a book called that. You ought to read it. Don't waste your life. God wants to use you. He's called us to be a going people. And we have that opportunity today. Thank you for listening. Join us each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. at The Overlook, located in Atascacita, Texas. Visit us online at www.globaloutreachcc.org. Remember, your life matters because it matters to Christ.